0: needs dad's help. There we go. Yo, if you were able to join us back in May for our homecoming service, you heard me preach a message entitled, What's Up With Heaven? And in that message, we explored three realities that scripture shares about heaven. In the first reality, we were reminded That heaven is the dwelling place of God. That Jesus prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that Jesus would encourage you and I to let our light so shine that men may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Now the second reality reminded us that we are offered a reservation in the dwelling place of God after this life that was purchased by Jesus and it's beyond anything you could ever dream of or imagine. Now the third reality gave us reasons why heaven is going to be so precious for you. Heaven is where our Redeemer is. Heaven is where our relationships are are. Heaven is where our resources are and where our residents will be. Heaven is where our riches are and where our reward will one day be. So listen, heaven is not going to be a place that you're going to want to miss. It's going to be awesome. And Jesus himself is the entrance door into this heavenly life. Jesus himself said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So that makes Jesus the entrance door to this heavenly life. But that also means that death is the exit door from this life. In the case, in this new series, the Lord has laid it on my heart to share some facts, maybe answer some questions about what God says will happen after this life. If you'll go in your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 9, only two verses today, but boy are they loaded. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 27, the Bible says, And as it is appointed for men to die once. How many times? Once. But after this, the judgment. And so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Now the reason I want to share with this series is because some of the most confusing preaching happens at funerals. At funerals, sometimes a minister will overpromise. Y'all follow me? Sometimes a minister will overpromise either in an effort to comfort the family or because the preacher himself don't really know the truth. So if there's a poor understanding about what happens after this life amongst some preachers, then there's probably a pretty good likelihood that there's a poor understanding about what happens after this life amongst the general population as well. That being said, check out this video. What do you think is gonna happen to you when you die? Uh, There's nothing left. (laughs) Everything is tied with me, with my body. Do right, and you will go to heaven. Do bad, and you'll go to hell. I'll probably go to hell. Why do you think? Why do you say that? Because I haven't got my life together. That's why. So you believe in. uh, heaven and hell then? Yes I do. And what are your beliefs? What do you think is going to happen to you when you die? I'm going to try my best to make it to heaven. I'm going to try to get my life right before I die. Yeah. Man, I got no idea. I probably go to the afterworld or something somewhere, which is a very happy place. If I do behave well now, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my brain will stop functioning, my heart will stop beating, and I will decompose like any other animal there is. And uh, everything about me is physical, so when I die, I'm going to die like any other physical animal. I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hell, because I'm an alcoholic and uh, do a lot of crazy stuff, you know. So I'm going to hell, pretty much. i will be lucky if I go to heaven but I don't think it's going to happen unless I change my behavior you know. but I don't see that happening. When I die, I am going to heaven. And What about you? What's going to happen to you when you die? Well, when I die, I'll be going to heaven because I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, so I'll be going to heaven when I die. My physical body will no longer exist, but my spirit will still exist. Exist in what way? Some kind of unseen presence. So there's like a bunch of unseen presences oh, yeah, going around? All? people all the time. Yeah. I feel like they're 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 um up there like my sister I talk to her all the time and relatives who have deceased. Yeah. Don't care. Why don't you care? I'm atheist, I don't care. <laughs> so, being atheist, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? I don't know yet. But I don't care. I don't know. I try not to think about it. Uh, I don't know really. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. that one of those people you just heard from is somebody you know is very great. The responses to that question go from A to Z and everything in between. So, in preparation for this series, I found an incredible need not only amongst the general population but also the people of God Also amongst Bible people, God's people, church people, concerning what happens after this life. The truths that I'm going to share in this series are so important, y'all. Y'all shouldn't miss a single sermon. And furthermore, you should do your dead level best, no pun intended, to reach out and invite somebody to come with you so that they know what the Bible says happens after this life how many of you heard that the only things guaranteed in life are death and taxes amen but you know that's not really true some people have enough deductions and enough loopholes to avoid paying much if not all of their taxes still have to deal with death. And people have used and continue to use unusual methods to look past death into what happens after this life. Some people try to find out what happens after this life through psychics. Other people try to contact the dead like that lady <laughs> through seances and mediums. That lady, I don't know if you caught it or not. She said, I talk to dead people all the time. Like, Golly, really? But the only sure word you got concerning what happens after this life is what the word of God says. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. The apostle Paul wrote to church people and said this, I do not want you to be ignorant brethren brothers and sisters in Christ concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. Now obviously that that phrase fallen asleep is a softened term that refers to believers who have already Died. Paul did not want these believers in the church at Thessalonica to be misinformed about what happens after this life. I don't want you to be misinformed about what happens after this life. So let us begin by dispelling a few misconceptions about death. Because, first of all, some people say that death is just the end of existence. That video clip showed us that some people think that when you die, you just cease to exist. But that's not true according to the Bible. That's not true according to God. Death is not the end of existence. Life in some form will continue to exist somewhere. The only question is, location, location, location. These bodies we live in today are simply the temporary dwelling places for who we really are. Now, Pastor Ray Steadman tells a story of when his daughter crawled into bed with him early one morning. And he said that, she intentionally kept poking him and, and talking to him and punching him, trying to get him to open up his eyes. Well, finally, she sat right down on his chest. She took her fingers and she pried open her eyes and she said, Daddy, are you in there? Now, that's funny, but it's so neat to know that even a child understands that there's more to who we are than just these temporary bodies. Now another story is told about a preacher who was conducting a funeral and and he was comparing the human body to an external shell. And as he motioned down to the dearly departed, he solemnly said, friends, here is the shell, but the nut is gone. think that he intentionally meant for it to come out just like that, but you got to admit there ain't a single thing wrong with his theology, right? We are simply external shells in which we live in. Friends, death is not the end of existence. Number two, some people say that when a person dies, they get reincarnated into something or someone else. In the United States... Reincarnation usually refers to being uh, recreated into another human being. But in India, where Hinduism is the prevalent religion, uh, they understand reincarnation to be this endless cycle of being recreated into animals and even plants. Now that concerns me because some people I know would probably come back as poison ivy. Amen? Somebody say amen. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. But verse 27 in the book of Hebrews tells us clearly that you got one shot in this life. And that's it. One shot. Now some people think that they'll just get their life together just before they die. Or that maybe they'll get a second chance after they die. Can I tell you, it just makes good sense to plan. It just makes good sense to get our life together before we get to the door. Before we die. I mean, it would be awesome if we were given a 30-minute warning. Hey, you're getting ready to kick. You better get your life together. But that don't happen, does it? No. Death always catches us by surprise, even when we're expecting it. Sometimes death comes as expected. We've lived a long and full life. We expect it, but we still don't know when. Other times, death comes very abruptly, far too soon. In our way of thinking, the death is always unexpected. And so the person who says no to Jesus in this life, thinking they're going to get another chance. He's hoping against all hope. The only opportunity that we have to get right with God is the opportunity that He gives us in this life right now. This is the only opportunity that we can There's no second chance after this life. And I just want to say the people that you saw in that video, they're all in your world. They're all in your circle. They might even count you as friends, they might even count you as family. Be aware there will be no second chance for them. So these misconceptions provide us a great transition into explaining what Hebrews is telling us this morning. First of which is, death is certain. The author said, and it is appointed for men to die once. It is appointed for men to die once. Friends, that a word appointed literally means in the original Bible language, it literally means the awaited reservation. You say the minute you were born, you have an awaited reservation with death. Now, medical science has done a incredible job of putting off that reservation. New medical procedures can bypass clogged arteries. New procedures are available to filter impurities from our blood. Chemotherapy will fight cancer in the body stricken with that dreadful disease. We can replace worn out joints. Vaccines claim to eliminate diseases like polio. Smallpox, measles, tetanus, and other dreadful diseases. But no one has discovered a cure for death. Despite all the advances in medical science, the individual death rate remains exactly as it has always been. 100%. you see, death is impartial. The Bible says that death is no respecter of persons. Death marches in to the mansions of rich people. Death marches into the squalor of the slums. It doesn't matter whether you feel great or if you're in good shape. No one escapes death's certainty. are not given a choice friend about if we will meet death we are not given a choice about even when we will meet death but we are given a choice about how we meet death not only is death impartial no respecter of persons, death is also permanent. Years ago, Newsweek magazine printed a letter from the Department of Social Services in Greenville, South Carolina. And the letter that was written was written to a person who had been deceased for a long time, and here's what it said. To whom it may concern, your food stamps will stop affected immediately. Now, the fact that they're writing to someone they think is deceased is one problem, right? Food stamps will stop effective immediately because we've received notice that you have passed away. However, you may reapply if there's a change in your circumstances. I got to turn you on to a truth bomb right here. Y'all ready? Somebody say amen. When death comes, it's irreversible. When you exit... Death's door, you ain't coming back in. It's irreversible. And one day we will all die, and unless we have accepted Christ as our personal Savior and Lord, y'all follow me? Unless we've accepted Him as our personal Savior from sin and the Lord of our life, then we're going to face the judgment of God against our sins. And now that I've depressed you this morning <laughs> and talked about that subject we don't like to talk about. Now that we've talked about the conclusion of this life, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen after this life. Because you need to see that not only is death certain, the Bible says that judgment is real. Back to verse 27. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. God's Word tells us that after this life, each of us will face certain judgment. And God's Word speaks of two vastly different judgments. The first of which is a judgment for believers. It's called the judgment seat of Christ and Paul wrote to the Corinthian church to tell about this and he said in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 5 for we are confident yes well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord therefore we make it our aim whether present or absent to be well pleasing to him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what is done, whether good or bad. Judgment is real. Our judgment is real. And the Bible is clear, friends, that every believer will give an account to the Lord for the life we lived. Now, here's what's important. When you stand before the judgment seat of Christ as a believer in Jesus, that judgment will have nothing to do with your salvation. It will have nothing to do whether you have been forgiven of your sins. It will only be regarding the rewards we receive in heaven. You see, the issue of our sin penalty was settled at the cross. Jesus paid that penalty for us. So when we stand before Him at the judgment seat of Christ, it will not be to judge us for sins. It will be to dispense rewards that we have accomplished in this life. Rewards for which we have accomplished in this life. So I pray that you are getting busy in doing the will of God in this life. Now, the second judgment is for unbelievers. And it's called the great white throne judgment. And John wrote about it in Revelation chapter 20. And here's what he said. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great, standing before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which was called the book of life and the dead were judged, listen according to their works by the things which were written in the books and the sea gave up their dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to their works. And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now obviously, nobody would want to be part of this judgment. But I have to tell you that all who reject Jesus as Savior in this life All who reject Jesus as Lord in this life will face Him as judge in the next life. It's going to be a horror beyond your wildest imagination. A horror beyond description to stand before God and hear Him say as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 Depart from me, I never knew you. And again in Matthew 25, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire reserved for the devil and his angels. See, friend, on that day, it's going to be too late. On that day, the time for decision will have passed. So the time to make a decision for Jesus is right now. It's right now because death is certain. And the Bible is clear that judgment is real. But praise God, salvation is possible. Notice in verse 28, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for Him, He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. See, according to this verse, the death of Christ is applied not to all, but to many. Did you see it? But Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. Friends, you need to take your pencil right now and you need to circle that word many And you need to analyze and uh, identify if you are one of the many. Because Christ didn't die for all. He died for the many. You see, the death of Jesus Christ does not automatically take away the sins. It does not automatically forgive the sins of everyone. Not everyone. Everyone will receive the salvation offered through Christ's death. And therefore, friends, they they don't believe in Him, therefore they can't receive the grace of God. However, many will. Many will believe in Him. And they will receive the grace of God. And they will be forgiven of their sins. And they will not have to bear the penalty of sin. See, that's why forgiveness of sin... And eternal life in heaven is only a possibility. It's only a possibility. But praise God, friend, you are here today. And you are still breathing. And your heart's still beating. So if you have not made this decision, there's still time for you. Second Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Friend, today can be your day of salvation. You'll never have to wonder again in your life if you'll accept the gift of God today. Friend, death is not the end. There is more after this life. Death is but the beginning for those who believe in Christ. I know that no one enjoys talking about death, but I want you to know on the authority of Scripture that if you believe in Jesus and what he accomplished for you on the cross, there is absolutely nothing about these messages that should depress you. There's absolutely nothing about these messages that should discourage you if you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior and the Lord of your life. In fact, the truth is for those who believe in Christ and believe in what He's accomplished, the best is just yet to come. The only question that remains have you accepted the gift of God, the heaven that he offers, and the forgiveness of sin that he applies just through your confession of faith, your confession of true faith in the only begotten Son of God? Friend, we start with a message like this because everything hereafter that we talk about after this life Really depends on the decision you've made this morning. As I go on to, to talk more about heaven and, and about end times and about other events that are going to happen, you need to know that you've gotten this part taken care of. So if you haven't, there'd be no disgrace, there'd be no shame in acknowledging that you want to be saved from the penalty of sin no shame in acknowledging that you want heaven to be your eternal dwelling place no shame in acknowledging that you know what when I am done with this life after this life I'm going to be with the father and if you can't say that in all honesty our prayer for you is that you will just take that step of faith out take that step of faith forward show you what God's Word says about how you can be saved. If there are issues of prayer, man, I'd be privileged to pray with you. you got other challenges going on in your life, let's pray. It's one of the benefits of having accepted the Son of God and knowing where you're going after this life. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for preparing a place for us in heaven. Preparing a place for those who have placed their faith in Jesus and the work He accomplished on the cross, and have trusted in Him—not only a Savior of sin, but the Lord of life. Father, if my brothers and sisters are anything like me, they got the Savior part down. But walking in this life with Jesus as Lord is the ongoing challenge. Lord I pray that you would release the Holy Spirit in all of his power Father not only to occupy and to dwell within us but to fill us to overflowing where we Father we truly live with Jesus as our Lord. Father if there's one even one